You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matis. Adam, is 2.07 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon too early to start drinking? Uh, Anthony, I, I will give you, yes, it is, but, uh, I'll give you a variance today. You are allowed to do that. Even as a new father, if you, you are allowed to <laughs> just completely blow off those responsibilities and start drinking. I'm so sorry, buddy. Was, was nine thirty this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm kidding. I, I did not. I did not. I, I am, like you said, a new father and I, I, in prior years, I might have had like a mimosa or something this morning, but I did not. When you say prior, uh, yeah, prior years, I was with you a month ago in Las Vegas. Prior months. Certainly, <laughs> yeah, prior, prior weeks. <laughs> prior days. <laughs> prior hours. Prior minutes. Uh, yeah. As you, guys, uh, as you guys have probably heard by now, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers have taken a hit. DeMarcus Cousins has torn his ACL. Apparently, he did it on Monday. Uh playing uh, working out in vegas he bumped knees with somebody apparently walked off the court they ran tests and then his agent has since uh confirmed that it is a torn acl uh Mm. interestingly enough all of his injuries so this starts with his uh, torn achilles two years ago he blew his quad in the playoffs a few months ago and then now his torn acl all in the left leg yeah, this is not a good run for him. And, you know, Wilson Chandler kind of threw his two cents into this, too. He wasn't asked, and I thought it was interesting that he kind of, out of the blue, commented on a player I don't believe he's ever played with. Yeah. And But he is, Wilson Chandler is a player who has had multiple injuries throughout his career, and he talked about this is how it happens. You you try to rush back or you feel pressured to coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, different things happen. And I so I think – when you look at it, oftentimes when we talk about injury-prone players, what happens is one injury weakens a certain part of your body, and yep. then you compensate, and you know it becomes this thing. And I don't know if that's what happened with DeMarcus Cousins. The The story was that he banged knees, and so maybe it was just a complete fluke injury. But it's one of those things where now back-to-back-to-back major injuries – and there's so much now uncertainty around him and, and, and his immediate and long-term future. It's tough because – so it's one thing when it's cultural pressure or maybe team-wide pressure to, to rush back and all that stuff. But right. with DeMarcus, it has been two – what, two or three straight contract years yeah. where he needed to come back and he needed to prove that he was healthy in order to get some kind of a payday or some kind of return – on his services in the NBA, and and yeah, I mean, here he is now. I don't know what his contract is going to is going to look like, and and we'll take a look here in the second segment. We'll talk about Boogie's, you know, career. We'll try to we'll try to talk about that and, and contextualize what he was as an NBA player. If we're ever going to see him again, all that stuff in the segment. Uh, in this first segment, I want to talk about what this means for the NBA because the Lakers seem to be relying on DeMarcus quite a bit. Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. Uh, LeBron James doesn't want to play the four. And they were hoping that, well, (laughs) DeMarcus could step in and at least play those spot five minutes so that uh, Davis wouldn't be the center. You know, he would would only be the center uh, in in certain stretches of the game. Now they're kind of forced into the spot again. Yeah. Just like they were last year, right? Last year was the same kind of thing where – 
no, LeBron's not going to play small ball five. He's not going to do. He's and then well, the roster needed him to. He didn't want to, and then the the season was a disaster. So, you know, the Lakers were one of those. I think we had eight teams that we considered championship hopefuls. Does this change where they stand among those eight teams, and if they're in those eight teams still for you? There's two players on that roster that matter so much more than everybody else, and they're both healthy. And you mentioned doesn't want to play. You know, Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. Well. In the Western Conference Finals, if the game's on the line, he probably doesn't matter what he wants. Right. Same with LeBron James. You step outside your box. They don't want to do that for 82 games, and they probably won't. And so, the, yes, the, this injury does hurt them quite a bit in that regard. But, you know, I think that I, I still count them as contenders. Um, this certainly hurts. What I think is interesting, you talked about the ramifications for the league, Anthony. So the Warriors built the super team. And they had a very unique one. But even they were vulnerable to the injury bug. Yeah. Even just the Kevin Durant one, you sacrifice depth for going all in on talent. And then the team that went all in on depth, the Toronto Raptors, just won. I wonder now that we have the Lakers doing this where they have got, gone all in on three or four big names and now one of them's down. I, I wonder if this is going to change a little bit of just how the league – you know, the risk reward system for chasing talent on short term deals and this or that, because it's easy to say, well, of course, it makes sense to go after these guys. But the more and more we see teams get burned with it, the more and more I think the calculus changes. Man who covers deep team prefers depth. <laughs> Wild. Well, well, first of all, I don't like if I, <laughs> if I could take the Warriors, the 2018 yeah. Warrior, I would take the 2018. I, but I'm just saying it is um there's lots of different ways to to build a team and build a roster, and I think yeah. for the last several years we've so focused on the one way, but this last four months has kind of proven like, hey, the other way can win, and there's our drawbacks to the to the uh, super team model. I, I think I think super teams built through free agency we might see fewer of. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, you know, like the Warriors were built through the draft, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, like those guys were all drafted there. It makes it a lot easier to keep those guys together as they all become superstars. Now, how many organizations throughout the NBA have the patience to let that happen? And, and there was a confluence of events that led to that super team that they had with, with Durant showing up the way that he did. So yeah, it, it's an interesting kind of dynamic here. And the other thing too is you and I talk a lot about, how situation drives the type of team that is put together. Denver can't make the kinds of moves that the Lakers right. can move can can make. They can't take the kinds of swings that the Lakers can 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 take every so often. And yeah, it's it's hard for me to figure or hard for me to count DeMarcus into this big three superstar kind of <laughs> team building thing. When he was, he was like he was like three and a half million this year, right? So yeah. I it's I don't really can consider him like a a superstar but, in that, but in that as sense, you mentioned, but they yeah, did it is build depth. their front court around him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely did. They definitely did. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe don't build your team, uh, around somebody who has had two potentially career ending injuries in, <laughs> in the matter of a year. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's what the Lakers had to do when they, when they were, you know, I think a better version of the point that you're making here is how, they did try to go that route with Kawhi, and it forced them to have to scramble and put together the current team that they had there. And that's, that's really where, what I'm referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 yeah, in in that respect, yeah, maybe fewer teams take that risk. Maybe fewer teams build their teams around the idea that yeah, it'll just be solved in free agency. 
Yeah, and I think that's really just sort of the perspective. And again, I don't. So often we talk, we make this sound like a morality play, like oh, they built it the right way, or oh, they're yeah, building no. it, they're cheating. Yeah. It's not that. It's more about this is the flip side that we haven't talked about very much throughout the Heatles era, throughout the Cavs era, and throughout the Warriors era until this last year when it smack dab hit you in the face of like, oh yeah, when you go all in with just four or five guys, if one of them guy. goes down, yeah. you're in trouble. And now it's. Maybe just coincidentally we're regressing to the mean on this kind of stuff, but we're starting to get several examples in a row of, man, it's it, it, if you if you do overload your roster like this, it can be really really uh, prone to an injury. Yeah, let's take Vulnerable a quick second. Yeah, it, it, we're gonna take a quick second. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Boogie. It ju- it's so hard to just. It was hard for me to analyze this, this situation, quite frankly. We'll, we'll come back to that here in a bit. You probably didn't know this, Anthony, but I tore my quadricep tendon four years ago. Uh-huh. And, and, I never and, would have I, known looking at those those wonderful legs of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you very much. Um, but it is it, – it, it's interesting because there's been a handful of those – Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker. It just seems like it's happened a fair amount lately and – it is one of those injuries where that muscle you lose it because it's torn and you can't you, mm-hmm. you have to be off it for so long and then when you come back it doesn't you spent your whole life building up that muscle you don't just build it back in rehab in a month and it's it's one of those weird things i can kind of see how much this stuff really does affect an athlete and how much one leg will atrophy and change the way you walk and all those different things i'm not saying that's what happened but yeah. at least is it, it could be a component to all of this when I when I think of this situation, it's hard for me not to like with Isaiah Thomas. We saw this to a certain extent. Now with Boogie, their stubbornness that got them to where they are winds up being their biggest detriment. Right? With Isaiah Thomas, it was this chip on my shoulder that took me from 60th overall pick to MVP candidate and somebody who could, thought that they were going to have a Brinks truck backed up into their into their driveway. Uh, Eventually, that made it hard for for Thomas to develop a game that fit a team's kind of situation that that he still to this day believes that if you just give him the kind of usage it takes for him to be successful, that that's the best way to build your team around him. And that's not the case, like objectively so. And here with with DeMarcus Cousins, I kind of feel like it's the same kind of thing where where that stubbornness, that drive to – Come back from a torn from a torn Achilles, and then suffer that quad injury, and and come back from that as fast as he did, and then try as hard as he possibly could to be a hundred percent healthy. Now heading into the season when he really didn't have to be, the Lakers could have brought him along slowly, right? And and this idea that yeah, this thing that got him back from these injuries might actually be hurting him when when really what he needs to do is really focus on getting one hundred percent healthy and then start proving doubters wrong. Will Barton in Denver talked about that this year that his entire life he played basketball every day of his life and he worked out and did this. You get an injury and the doctor tells you, hey, these next two months you need to just not do anything and it's really, really hard. I mean you've spent – guys like DeMarcus Cousins spent an enormous amount of time. By all accounts really attacked his rehab the first time around really, really hard and I think when you go through rehab for nine months and it's so monotonous and so it's really hard to be patient. Then you get injured again it's like, oh – now I got to do that process right. again. It's like climbing a whole new mountain. And I think with this one, 
you worry about a guy and just his mind frame, knowing yeah. that for the last two years, a majority of that has been spent in rehab, behind the scenes, working his butt off, and now he's looking at an ACL, which might be as big of any of the injuries that he's had, yeah. and he might be looking at that thinking nine more months of this exact thing. Like it's, it, I feel for the guy because it's incredibly difficult, I think, for athletes. Well, that's why I said at the end of last segment, it was hard for me to analyze, all right, what does this mean for the Lakers? What does this mean for the league, the NBA, and stuff like that? Because really, I feel for the guy. I cannot, I cannot yeah. imagine the spot that his mind is in right now. That his brain is like I don't know him, so I, I he he might not be there, right? But but yeah. this seems really tough. There's no doubt. It's obviously extremely extremely tough for him. We talked about, or you're you're asking about ripple effects this has. You know, we're in the era of the short-term contract. The, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to hold my team's feet to the fire, and I don't want to be long-term committed or whatever. But this is a bit of a flip side. And, of course, DeMarcus's, DeMarcus's situation is different because he took a one-year deal because that's all he could get and yeah. because of that first injury. But there is this idea of, like, you know, the flip side of player agency and and and, and doing those short-term contracts to increase leverage. There's a lot, a lot of risk for it. And maybe that risk is the percentage chance of it happening is low. But if it does happen, it could be career-altering and financially altering for the rest of your life. I mean, the – the extension of this too is, you know, Demarcus took a lot less, a lot less last year when he when right. he went to the Warriors, yes. yep. and that's why you know you you always hear it from from fan bases and stuff. And I'm not I, I'm not one to judge. Everybody wants their you know certain athletes to take less so that their team can get better. But it's why I always push back against that notion. Did these guys have really short career spans? All things considered, these yeah. the, their their careers are not the same as yours and mine. Where I, you know, I'll, knock on wood, I'll be able to do this till I I go right, and and yeah. and so with with the spot like this, when people say like, why don't athletes just take more to win? Because you suffer an injury the way that Demarcus suffered, now he suffered three of them, it, and there's a legitimate question as to whether or not he's ever going to come back, and and so, if yeah. he does come back, will he ever be more than like a, a one year minimum type player? Uh, then he'll have to take almost certainly another one or two year deal yeah. to to rehab his image and show people he's healthy. I mean, yeah, this is a really, really, really tough break for him. Yeah. And one thing I don't like that's going to happen, and we've almost we've sort of done this a little bit on our show. We don't know what the cause of the injury is. We've speculated yeah. about the one injury leads to the other. And uh, look, we we don't know. And I think there's a lot of oh, he played heavy early on, and it's catching up to him. This could just be a random two guys bump knees, and yeah. and this kind of this is sports. It, it like. happens. It, yeah. I mean. It, now it might have been initial spin, right? To to try to, to to mitigate against some of the oh no, did he tear his ACL stuff? Because that's what I saw really early on. The the, the injury happened way back on Monday. It has been out there. Oh wow! Um, and so see, he he gets hurt, and there was the he walked off the court. Nobody quite knew what was going on. Then he went and got tests, and then now we found found this out. So you know these wow. things do happen in sports. If if this is it, and it. I don't want to go so far as to, to to damn his career, right? Because I think there's he's still relatively young enough where he could he might have one more chance here. But if this is it, how are you going to remember uh, Demarcus Cousins? Well, I actually don't know that my opinion would change all that much. It would, I it would the onus would almost have been on him, even had he not hurt himself, to sort of change my perspective on him. Mm -hmm. And that is that I think he is one of the most talented seven footers we've ever seen come mm -hmm. through the NBA. But he is also an example, like who we talked Carmelo Anthony, who we talked about last week, of a player whose talent 
far exceeds their impact. And I think that Cousins mm. had what it takes to be the most dominant big man of a generation, but never quite put it together. And maybe that was youth. Maybe that was a bad organization, a carousel of coaches coming through Sacramento and never yeah. having that stability. I mean, I think there's a lot of outside things. But at the end of the day, he was a guy that only played in one playoff series. It was that last one where they lost yeah. with the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think while it's, it's silly to place all of the blame on him, he was talented enough that I think he just didn't quite get all or even a majority of the talent that he had. It, it, he didn't maximize it in a way that made it the most impactful. Yeah, he should have been that rising tide kind of talent, but wasn't. Now, the question becomes – were the were the ships that DeMarcus was going to be lifting so damaged in Sacramento because you know they had the they went through a change in ownership like that owner the prior yeah. ownership the, uh, the what were the brothers names boy Maloof the the Maloof brothers were so toxic that yeah. you know you can make the argument that no there was no way to to lift that organization given it, it maybe LeBron might have been able to but very few other players might have been able to so yeah, there's a, there's an argument to be made there. I'm going to remember Cousins as like there are very few lightning rods. There he was so damn polarizing. And yeah. and you could see it over the course of a game. He he's been in the same division as the Lakers now for the entirety of his career outside of one year in in New Orleans. We saw him four times a year. And every single one of those four times you would see the DeMarcus that would that would just put you in awe. And you'd say, "Holy crap, this guy's this guy's incredible!" And then you would see also the same the 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 Demarcus that you would notice, like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's why they haven't won anything." Right. right? Yep. Every hundred percent. And yeah. and you know, you wished, I hoped at some point that he would, you know, kind of move off of that latter part. Uh, and and you know, maybe he was. Like he, things were going yeah. pretty well in New Orleans, and then he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. that's so. the thing is it, the back. It, it did seem like he was growing as a player, maybe slower than I would have personally liked. And I'm <laughs> yeah. harsher on big men. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I critique them a little bit harder than most, but maybe slower than I liked. But he was just so talented. And that's the yeah. thing is I hate when a player has a multitude of talents and hones in on maybe only two or three of those and wastes so many of the other ones. And yeah. he was starting to put it together, but not the rate I wanted. Yep. All right. We're going to uh, best wishes, Boogie. Really though, like it, I really hope that he that he's able to get one more shot at this. You'd, I just want athletes to go out on something close to their own terms. Very few get to, but this seems cruel. Like this seems just mean. You know, uh, let's let's take a, a quick second here. When we come back, we are going to talk about Team USA. By the time you guys are listening to this, they'll be hours away from their first scrimmage against non G leaguers. So we'll see how that goes. So I had a lot of fun before you and I went live here listening to you and watching you watch the video of Team USA play <laughs> and lose their couple scrimmages oh. to to Travis Ware. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Uh, this is the I think Chasson Randall is on that team too or was on that team too. Uh, the first clip that you saw there was of Jason Tatum dribbling into a mid-range jumper and, and missing mm. everything but the opposite side of the backboard. Are you nervous? Like, are you? At what point do we actually start to get nervous for this team? Can I confess something on the show that's going to make people hate me? No, <laughs> I, I'm a patriotic person. Yeah. I love this I love the U.S. Very good, kind of. Maybe. But I'm rooting for Serbia in this World Cup. I got my boy Jokic. <laughs> I got my boy Bogdanovich. 
Bielitsa Boban. I just these are my guys. These are my dudes. So I don't. I, I've said this <laughs> on other platforms, but I don't need my basketball team to be like how I express my patriotism. So I don't feel terrible about it. So am I personally worried? No, I'm almost excited that Team Serbia has a real chance here. That being said, to the spirit of your question, I I I still think that they are the the heavy favorites. I think there's a lot. Of course, we all remember the dream team lost to the uh, college, the college yeah. select team, and Not you know twice, that was though. that. This is the second time. <laughs> the second time they realized, okay, yeah, we're a lot better than these guys. Yeah, it, there's the whole. Oh, maybe they threw the game. Chuck Daly threw the game. I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if Popovich threw the game this time, but um, <laughs> twice. Um, you know, here's the problem with Team USA that they've had every year. And we all remember the 2008 team. It, we forget how close that championship game was. FIBA games are set up to be competitive. They're shorter. The fouls are way different. There's a lot more fouling. Mm-hmm. Um, the lines are, you know, everything is set up to even out the talent disparity. Even though the U.S. is so much better, it's harder, I think, to dominate. Um, so it was always going to be a challenge, even with the best talent. And then with this group, who's never played together, and not even just hasn't played together like every year they or every time this comes around they assemble. But a lot of these guys were not even part of the program. They right. weren't part of the select program or any of that. So there's an extra layer of in uh, of unfamiliarity to it. And yeah, so I just I I, I am worried. I do think that they are going to have a really really hard time. I'm upset. I can't lie. I promised you like one of my hottest takes to this date, <laughs> and you took it. What was it? <laughs> I'm 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 unabashedly rooting against Team USA here. Oh, is there a team you're rooting for? Or are you just rooting against Team USA? This team has four Celtics and Greg Popovich, man. Oh, I'm, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. If there's a team it. that a Laker fan was destined to not like, like especially if Kuzma doesn't make this team, I'm all for. Oh. I'll hop on the Serbia bandwagon. I love watching Jokic play. I'll hop how, on Team Canada. How, they how, have how, Medicare for all. <laughs> How interesting! How how indicative of this of of a of maybe where we're at as a society and culture now that your love of America is dwarfed by your love of the Lakers. No, it's my <laughs> hatred of the my Celtics. Hatred. My, yeah. my hatred of exactly. Greg Popovich, who like exactly. seems like altogether decent, but like his his whole like the last few years he's done everything in his power to make sure the Lakers didn't do anything. So like, yeah, I'm now going to root for him to get. He has a bronze already to his name with Larry Brown in that what? one. That's, 2000. Tim Duncan never talked about. <laughs> yeah. People don't bring that up enough. Uh, Kobe does not have a bronze to his oh name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was a, that was a plus Anthony Irwin right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 but to, to answer the, the question that I threw out there, yes, it's time to, to, to be a little nervous. Like this is, these are the kinds of circumstances that lead to 2004. When you had yeah. Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury back there in the backcourt, and somehow people didn't – how did that not work out, Like, right? And 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 now you have you know, Donovan Mitchell back there. Like, who's the facilitator on this team? Is it Kemba? Because he's more of a scoring guard too, right? Who's, yeah. They don't – they're role players. It's it's this team that was kind of thrown together, and it's wild. I, I, I was going to extend the point you were making about how this team has never played together – other countries teams those guys know from an early age that they're going to be playing together right right those guys know okay that's that dude over there that's that dude like these this is the group that this is going to be my generation of serbian national team canadian national team etc 
out here in, in, in the United States, we don't know that, right? Because the best players don't stick around for the entirety of their, their eligibility to, to partake in this stuff. And in with, with this case, with this team, it was, okay, I guess I'm still here. I, I, Sure, Harrison Barnes and Kyle Kuzma make it make sense on the same team. Like it's, this isn't yeah. going to work out. This isn't going to work out. You also get there's a couple other layers to this too, in that I think the United States players look at the Olympics and just value it a lot more. This is yeah. the World Cup, and I think it's a similar situation to NCAA and NBA in that they're two separate entities that don't have the same sort of uh, motivations and goals. Mm-hmm. And I think with this World Cup, the fact that it is happening and ending a week before training camps begin for the NBA, I think that's taken a lot of players and said, hey, man, I don't know, yeah, you know, don't want to do that. And just the way it's marketed and prestige, and I think we might run into this more. But Team USA basketball sort of peaked, in my opinion, in 2012. The 2008 team was phenomenal, and I'm not trying to argue which team is better, yeah. but 2012 was the peak of – Everybody wanted to be a part of it, yeah. and, and 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 there was a showcase, and it was all the star players. I don't think we're getting – obviously, we're not getting that now if people are dropping out. Even Bagley dropped out. Right. Like, yeah. We should be a showcase with anybody for a player like that. So um, I think we've, we've sort of lost that, and I don't know that we're going to regain it. I think we'll regain it for the Olympics, but I don't know that we're going to regain it for these other events. No, I mean it's I've, – I've long thought that this is kind of a cyclical thing. Team mm. USA takes a big L. We don't like doing that in in this country. We, we you know, we the idea of well, USA America losing in but, something that they have long dominated. By the way, but, but would it actually hurt? See that because I keep wondering this: if the US does not win gold this year, will they be have the same effect? Where now all of a sudden everybody's saying, "Okay, I'm back, I'm coming back," or will it just be like, "Ah, it wasn't the Olympics"? Yeah, no, or somewhere I think so, between. It's, it's a short. It's a shorter period of time between now and the Olympics. That's true. So you have you do have, and it, and it depends on how embarrassing the loss is, right? So if the Lakers, if, if team we USA, forget that two thousand two team had some real embarrassing, ones. yeah, like there was, was multiple losses. <laughs> or two thousand four was it? It was two thousand four. I remember yeah. it fondly. Um, but, <laughs> but 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 the if if this team goes on and loses in the championship round in like overtime or something like that with with the type of talent that we're sending over there, then I think everybody will still have that same kind of apathy. But if this team like doesn't even make the final round or or maybe doesn't even medal, which I think is possible, by the way. Australia is yeah, going to be yeah. really good. Serbia is going to be really – Canada is going to be really good. Well, in FIBA, if you, I, it's just if you don't make it to – if you lose before the semifinal, then you're you're yeah. out of that. So it could happen just if they get upset. If they're going to get upset, it's going to be by a team not as good as them. And yeah. that could happen at any round. Right, right. That's But but there are teams that I could see knocking them off is, is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, for sure. Serbia, yeah. um, you know, you, you look at Spain certainly. Yeah. I mean, who knows we'll how the brackets will break. We'll see. We'll see we'll how see that goes. That's right. Wancho! <laughs> I can't wait. Wancho! I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this thing. Uh, and, and if Greg Popovich happens to take an L here, it's just more case for Phil Jackson as the best coach of all time. I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. What? I wouldn't have guessed you wanted that. I wouldn't have guessed that would have been your wheelhouse. I get the Laker <laughs> connection, but that's interesting. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know. You people... think he's better than Red, huh? Huh? You think he's better than Red? <laughs> I'm just doing it to get your blood to boil. <laughs> I feel like it's I, Fred and then, and then, and then probably right Stevens. There. Yeah, I think Stevens is probably <laughs> oh number my two. God. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't send Stevens over there. 
Stevens with Jason Tatum. Can you believe Brad Stevens only 19 years old? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Get out of here. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On NBA Podcast. And this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA Podcast. Make sure you guys continue to tune into this. We are going to... I'm going to lean all the way into this Team the, this, the Not just Team USA, but FIBA in general. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We get oh, yeah. like actual basketball in August. I oh, need yeah. this. No doubt about it. I've been watching grainy f- footage of Jokic on YouTube. Like a YouTube streaming illegal... You could barely make out who's playing. He probably it's benefits from fewer pixels, right? No, for no, no doubt about it. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next Friday.